What's that? Polka? No. The metal. Tis the season to be ballsy. Is that a good one? Is that a good intro? I don't get it. I don't have any follow-up to that. I was just hoping you would be able to... You just wanted me to spring off ballsy, huh? Yep. yep. Uh, uh, ornaments. They're shaped like balls sometimes. Nice. Uh, yep. Two of them, them hanging from a tree. Put them in... Uh, there's a lot of nutcrackers around. <laughs> nice. Tis the season for nutcrackers. Yep. Uh, we are closing in on the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. Still, still a couple weeks away. But yep. it's never too early to get in the mood. I, you know, I do get annoyed. I'll say this: I get annoyed by people complaining about when people put up their Christmas trees. But at the same time, I also find myself sometimes getting annoyed about people talking about Christmas before Thanksgiving. Yep. But then I remember, you just got to let people like stuff. And if yep. it's bothering you, just don't listen to them. Just tune them out. Tune them out like you tune them out for a Thanksgiving dinner when your parents start talking about <laughs> politics. Just and- stand up and walk away. That's all you have to do. That's all you got to do in any conversation. Or you could just start playing this podcast at full volume <laughs> when somebody at your at your gathering, your family gathering, start talking about something that irritates you. Oh, here. Here's what we're going to do for you, the listener. This is the onslaught, by the way. I'm Vargas. I'm Brian. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a little sound bite. So cut this out of the podcast. Set it as your ringtone. Okay. Hey, elderly relative. Shut the fuck up. Nobody cares what you're saying, bitch. There. there. That's it. You cut that out and you put it as Play your ringtone. It. Yep. And then just call yourself or have somebody call you and uh, or uh, set an alarm every five minutes. Probably <laughs> just leave your just tie your phone, Bluetooth it to the house speakers. And that way, anytime you hear a conversation starting up, you set a thing. You set an alarm for a minute. That's right. You give them a minute to talk about it. And if they haven't resolved it, that alarm goes off and it plays that sound. <laughs> And you know what? That's that's on us. That's not on you. That's yeah. We you can be like, it. oh, well, I don't know. It's these podcasts. And then you take their phone. You subscribe to this podcast. That's guerrilla warfare. And then now we have more listeners and you got to get out scot-free, but also got to tell your relative to shut the fuck up. That's a win-win. That's a win-win-win because we win also. Everybody wins. <laughs> Everybody wins. You know who didn't? win this week was it every time i die fans of every time i die oh uh, we yeah. are very worried i'm not gonna i'm not gonna speak to anything that's going on because yeah let's not postulate yeah i my well i can sit up straight I'm, my posture's fine but i yeah i don't want to don't want to talk to anybody they're just uh turmoil there's good yes. they're going through some turmoil right now and we hope everything can have a resolution that's best for all parties um but I, yeah, I don't want to go too much into it. You can find it on Twitter. It's it's you know if you follow every time I die or any of the people in there, you can find it. So we're not going to talk about it. We just hope it uh, it resolves peacefully and in favor of everyone involved. Not uh, not a one sided type of thing. So yeah, it's a bummer though. It is a goddamn bummer to watch it to watch it unfold and and speculate in internally. Yeah, about yeah. what's going to happen. And you hope. I mean. There's two dudes in that band that are brothers. Yep. When you, you just hope that that's what survives, right? Like you don't want, you don't want your brother to be on opposite side of you, right? Like, yeah, it would suck. I, uh, I, they, they, that's band in particular has always made me think, could I have started a band with my sister and it survived for 20 years? And I'm going to say, 
would love my sister, but the answer is no. The answer would have been a resounding no, I think. I think you and I could have made it for 20 years. Yeah, we're basically there, baby. I still love my sister, and we still talk all the time, for, you know, yep. close enough, but I don't know if I could have toured, written. I hear, I hear the creative writing process with a partner, like, or with partners yeah. in a band can always be taxing. Oh, yeah. You see bands break up all the time. Lineup changes, nothing new. We talk about lineup changes in here. One of the bands we're going to talk about today, Testament, they have a whole, a whole separate Wikipedia page yeah. for Testament band members. Yeah, they should call themselves lineup change. <laughs> they should. <laughs> they should. That's a good bit. Uh, and it would be a good fitting name. But uh, yeah, just uh, 20 years of being in a band with your sibling. Yeah, I mean, it's basically like taking a 20-year road trip with your sibling, right? That's like, yeah. And then also you have to go to work with them. Yep. And then you see them at Christmas, see them at Thanksgiving. Nah. They might have played that soundbite this I was going to say that you just played the soundbite. What, uh, you know, sometimes, are you a fan of Marilyn Manson? Have you ever uh, sorry, been a fan of Marilyn I'm looking Manson? At, I'm looking at you with eyeballs. Yeah. Certain, certain, and I'm no. matching that look because yeah. I have never liked any of his music, regardless of what I think of him as a person. I've never liked any of the music that he's produced. Yeah. Uh, what is it? The beautiful, beautiful people. people. That one's fine. And sweet dreams is fine. Sweet dreams is a fucking re, uh, you know, yeah. cover. So yeah, that's about it. He, uh, I mean, he guys, he's getting his comeuppance. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, just got some hardware seized by the FBI, um, in a case of abuse allegations, which I mean, you t- <laughs> listen to an interview from him and it's like, yeah, that dude has done devious yeah, shit. Obviously. Bad shit. Yeah. Oh, fuck that guy. Um uh I'm going to I'm going to put this out there. You said the FBI seized it? Somebody, some government okay, agency. Okay. Uh let's go ahead and release those medical records because can he suck his own dick? The world needs to <laughs> we know. We got to know. <laughs> You gotta. I think that's actually why they seize it. They're like, this is a perfect opportunity. We've, we've got to find those X-rays from when he got that rib removed. Fucking idiot! Like, <laughs> god damn. Can't someone else? Didn't Joe Rogan? Didn't that fucking idiot say he could do it with yoga? <laughs> he sure did. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he's never done it. No, because that'd be gay. That'd be gay. You don't want that in your mouth, right, fellas? Is it gay to <laughs> suck your own dick? <laughs> oh my god. So that's the that's the kind of company. I mean, imagine those two talking about that fucking shit for an hour or they three hours they wouldn't need to suck their own dicks because they'd be sucking each other's yeah, dicks they definitely would it's just about freedom of thought bro like just could you yeah but would you that's where the real thought experiment could comes you in. yeah let's both do it right now <laughs> <laughs> well this, this took a turn didn't it <laughs> from um well you know both their nut sacks smell like protein powder or some <laughs> shit like I, get the fuck out of here i uh is that uh do you smell yours you could possibly. I guess you could waft it up towards your face. But. I don't do that either. Yeah, I don't know why. You my would. face doesn't get near my business. Yeah, nor should it. I don't know. I mean, you're, you're, nobody's face should be near their own. Whatever. You know what? Business. People say, can like stuff. Didn't I just say that at the top of this show? People can like. People can like whatever they, you know. We're yeah. not yucking anybody's yum on this podcast. Yeah. Except for the few people that we don't like. <laughs> and we will yuck their yum all, all day long. Uh, on a further Christmas note. I want to give one small piece of heavy metal news. Uh, DJ Cumberbund 
is a YouTube artist, okay. and he released a mashup of Metallica and Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Interesting. Now, is he related to Bambly Batch Cumberbund? Yes. Bimbly Bund Cumberband <laughs> is DJ Cumberband's okay. brother. Gotcha. Interesting. Uh, so it's a, a mashup of For Whom the Bell Tolls One, Welcome Home Sanitarium, and Nothing Else Matters with Trans-Siberian Orchestra's Christmas Eve. Oh, just the one song? Yep. That's, uh, that actually ties into our arguments today, too, because Alex Skolnick yeah. is a member of both Testament and Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Or, I don't know if he's still with Trans-Siberian Orchestra, but... Uh, you talk about a band who's had a lot of members. Well, yeah, it's because their quote-unquote band is made up of like 250 people. <laughs> yeah. It is a, an orchestra. Uh, okay. So, should we get into it? We yeah. got more news. No, that's that was pretty much it. I wanted to I wanted to finish with the Christmassy stuff, not yeah, yeah. not the sucking our own dick stuff. <laughs> well, now you gotta say something else Christmassy. Uh, gingerbread, am I right? You are so right about gingerbread. <laughs> so today we have Testament against Meshuga. Now, any round I, I believe in round one, if you listen to the Meshuga episode, I don't even remember who they um went against i think it was somebody that i wanted to win i think it might have been byzantine i think it was Byz- byzantine or zealand arter no they no, were zealand arter one yeah uh it doesn't matter i wanted the other band to win of course sometimes we wear our feelings on our sleeves it was here. another band of course you wanted them to win. yeah yeah but uh so th- so this week we have mashuga versus testament um two pretty big heavyweights in the world of metal i'd say at least people know each of these bands i would say yeah, I would fucking hope so. Uh, I'll go first to get it all away. <laughs> Great. No, See, no, no, no. Full transparency. You played me some stuff. I know you're going to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. You played me some of Mashiga's first album. Yeah. And it's much better than anything else I've ever heard from them. Yeah. Because they're really good. So that album sounds like it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So like we talked about in the first Mashuga episode, they're super old. Uh, they were formed in 1987 um, after Frederick Thorndahl's. I had to keep trying to pronounce that. I think smart. you got it. Thorndahl's first band, Metallion, which cracks me up because it's basically just. That formed when? <laughs> formed in like 1984? 1987. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so Metallion broke up after recording some demo records. Okay, Are they da- is, is that band Danish? <laughs> Do you know the national? Um, no, that's no, they're Swedish. A, Swedish. Yeah. Uh, but you know, neighbors, I would guess. Yeah. For, I don't care. <laughs> I don't, don't know where Daneland is. <laughs> uh, so Thorn and Dahl recruited Jens Kidman, future singer of, M- of Meshuga, uh, and some other guys and found the word Meshuga in an American slang dictionary, basically like urban dictionary.com, but like a printed version. Okay. And they found the word Meshuggah, which is derived from the Yiddish word for crazy. So they were like, that's that's our band now. Inter- so that's where, so in Kansas City, there's a couple places called Meshuggah Bagels. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Crazy Bagels. Yep, Crazy Bagels. Uh, okay, yep. So they named themselves, themselves Meshuggah. Uh, they recorded some demos, and then Jens Kidman left, which prompted all the other members to leave. So Meshuggah broke up the end. All right, no, so I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. You knew I was joking. Uh, Jens Kidman formed a new band, uh, Calipash, and invited Thornendall to play lead guitar. So in the first version of Meshuggah, Thornendall brought Jens on board. 
in this new band, Jens brought Frederick on board. But Thorne and Dolph founded Meshuggah, the right? First Meshuggah. Yeah, so he would have the rights to the name. So here's what gets weird. <laughs> this is the weirdest part of the story, I promise. Um, so Kalapesh, Jens Kidman's band, <laughs> decided to rename themselves Meshuggah. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but not the first Meshuggah. This is the second yeah. V two. This is like a this is like a ghost ghost AD or BC yeah. situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that that was when the first real version of the band was born. This V two Meshuggah. So in eighty nine, the that first band Metallion broke up in eighty seven. This is two years later. Meshuggah mm. V two. They recorded. Um, a self-titled three-song EP, which for whatever reason is also known as Psychic Test Build. I don't know why. It's not printed anywhere on that EP. It's just called that. Okay. Yeah. But it says Meshuggah on the top. Sure. I don't know why. So, But if you're looking for it, if you're YouTubing it, you have to Google or you have to search Psychic Test Build if okay. you want to listen to it. Wow. Weird. Yeah. I don't. I'm certain you can find it with Meshuggah three-song EP. Maybe. Maybe. I was very irritated trying to figure out why, because yeah. I couldn't. Anyway. Um, so that was 1989. In 1990, Meshuggah would gain another important member of the band in the form of uh, Thomas Hake. With this lineup, the band signed with Nuclear Blast and recorded Contradictions Collapse, but Hake wasn't on Contradictions Collapse. It was her first drummer. Whatever. Um, so... Yeah, so the album Contradictions Collapse was released in 91, and like I said, this is the album I want you to listen to because I think you're going to enjoy it a lot more than any other Meshuggah album. Right. Um, it's a lot more thrash metal. Like, you listen to it, and you you can definitely tell it's a Meshuggah album. Sure. But the influences of that Bay Area thrash are really there, especially because Jens Kidman, their singer was also doing rhythm guitar. So I think you get a lot more of that like sound because he's not playing. He's playing with the guitar parts that he's playing as opposed to seeing like on top of everything. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think you might actually like some of it. Give it a listen. Maybe you can report back later. And if you don't like it, I'll just cut all of it out. Perfect. <laughs> uh, side note, after they released contradictions and another EP called none, uh, guitarist Frederick Norenthal cut off the tip of his finger because he was working as a carpenter at the time. And some really Tony Iommi vibes here. And at the same time, Thomas Hockey, their drummer, cut his hand while working with a miter saw. So I'm going to implore everybody to support your local metal bands <laughs> so that they can play shows and not maim themselves. Yeah, yeah. Stop <laughs> making them make furniture or whatever the fuck they were doing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they couldn't actually play shows for a while when they were like just starting because they were fucking up their hands all the time. <laughs> so uh, after they healed up, they released another EP called Self Caged and went back to the studio to record their breakout hit, uh, the full, re full, rele full release EP, LP, whatever it is, called Destroy, Erase, Improve. Um, the album marks a few firsts for the band. Uh, this is the first one when Jens focused on singing, so he gave up rhythm guitar duties to Martin Hagstrom, who was another longtime member. 
Um, the lyrics were mostly written by Thomas Hockey, their drummer, mm. which is continued to this day. Thomas Hockey is the only name that you've said that I've known outside of listening to this story. Yeah. Well, Thomas Hockey is like a drum god. Yeah. I mean, he, Homeboy's insane. Uh, Jens and uh, Thornendall are the dudes from Meshuggah, but Thomas Hockey is the metal dude. He's, he's the guy. Um, and this is Destroy Race Improved was the first time that they really fell into their their niche. It still maintains some of the thrash metal stuff from the first two albums, but this is the album that definitely founded what a lot of goobers would go on to call the gent. <laughs> yeah. I get hate, I hate that. I you hate, hate it. The, you hate the word gent. I hate it. It's so dumb. The singer's named after it. No, he's not. His gen gen. Yeah, gent. No, no. <laughs> why do you, why do you hate gent? It's just dumb. It's dumb. It'd be like, it would be like calling thrash metal. Ah, or the, no, that fasty. <laughs> yeah. F- fast metal. Well, I mean, it does describe it pretty you don't, well. You don't, Grindcore would be a better name for, ah! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would. But uh, I think Gent describes it pretty well. I also don't like when people say it at me. Yeah. Mostly because I don't want to be in that conversation, probably. But Because it's it's one of those, like, it, it the genre is named after the sound the guitar makes, mm. which is stupid. They could have named it Crunch. They could, they could have named it anything else. <laughs> Meshuggah Metal. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyone who says Gent is a goober. <laughs> Uh, so they did some European touring and recording for the next album called chaos fear. Uh, that was in 98. Um, and that's when they toured the U S for the first time. So took a while again, just like, uh, uh, last time with behemoth, Mm -hmm. basically a fucking decade of being a band before they got to the U S. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was before the internet was big and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, so about, about a decade. Um, in 99, they were invited on another U.S. tour with um, a really shitty, sucky band called Slayer, uh, and that that's where they started to get a lot of mainstream attention. <laughs> mainstream yeah, attention, yeah, because it's still you know the metal scene that's giving mm-hmm. them attention. Whatever, fashion icons though. <laughs> yeah, fashion icons, Slayer. Uh, their next full album, Nothing, was released in 2002, and that's. Uh, it was the first album from the band to crack the billboard top 200 at one sixty five. skating in pretty good in 2002. Yeah. Um, they were the first band in nuclear blast history to get on the billboard and the first nuclear blast band to be interviewed by rolling stone. Wow. Interesting. Big moves. Yeah. Keith Richards. That's a big. (laughs) It's a big get. They were interviewed by Keith Richards. They were interviewed, yeah, yep. by the Rolling by the Stones. Rolling Stones. God damn. <laughs> In 2004, they released I, a 21-minute single song EP. Yeah, I, re- I remember specifically when that was, was released, and I got I got violently upset. Because it was 21 minutes Because long? it was 21 minutes, yeah. Of Meshuggah. Of Meshuggah, yeah. specifically. Got it. In 2005, they released another full-length, Catch 33, which peaked at 170 on the billboard. Worse than worse than the other one by five, hey! But it earned them a Swedish Grammy nomination, but lost to soundtrack to Escape by Inflames. Yeah, it's it's fair. Yeah, in two thousand seven, Meshuggah entered the studio and spent a whole year learning how to play, writing, and recording Obzen. Yeah, because if you go and watch any interviews with Thomas Hockey, the dude. 
he basically had to like relearn how to play the drums to yeah, and how to just stop randomly in the middle of a fucking phrase <laughs> yeah. and then start it. Yeah, 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 sure. Cause homeboy's insane. He yeah. really is. I, like I believe he's I, very talented. I know. I'm, I'm trying to make sure everybody understands that these <laughs> is not a joke. Yeah. Thomas hockey is really fucking good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they spent the whole year doing it. Most of the time they spent in the studio was basically just learning how to play this stuff they had written. The actual recording only took about six months. Oh, okay. Um, so Obzen came out in 2008. Uh, the work they put in for that year totally paid off. Obzen peaked at 59 on the Billboard 200 and earned another Swedish Grammy nomination, but lost again to In Flames Come Clarity. Mm. <laughs> I would say even Soundtrack to Your Escape is probably not one they should have lost to, but it's just I feel like they lost to the name In Flames. Yeah. They need so. they need to offset by a year, yeah, so that they can stop losing to yeah. flames. Um, Colossus was recorded in 2012 and reached number 17 on the Billboard. Oh my, getting up there. Um, Violent Sleep of Reason came out in 2016. There weren't any lineup changes throughout all this. The only big lineup change they had um, was they had a bass player leave. Um, right when they were doing their first U.S. tour, and then this new guy came on board, and he's been with the band ever since. Mm. So, which, again, insane that this band's been around for 30 years now yeah. and basically had, like, four lineup changes, one drummer and two other bass players. Right. Pretty crazy. Um, so Violent Sleeper Reason came out in 2016 and then them a U.S. Grammy nomination for Best Metal Performance for the song Clockwork, which they lost to Sultan Curse by Mastodon. Well, now that one definitely. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of unfortunate timing for this. Yeah, band. it is. Sounds like. Um, in March of this year, they started recording a new album and hopefully that'll come out soon. So there's not a lot of like big shakeups or changes other than them almost cutting their hands off in yeah. their early days. Um, the band's been together for a long time. And I think that's again, super admirable. Um, I don't think anybody who is in or around the metal scene can deny that Meshuggah has left a huge impact on the metal world. Um, they're one of the few bands out there that truly like created and defined their own genre. You think of bands like Napalm Death is like the grindcore band, right? Death me- Death is like the death metal band, right? Right. Meshuggah is the say it. Meshuggah metal band. No, no say it. not going to do it. <laughs> Come I'm on, not a goober. goober. <laughs> um, and I, I just, I, I, <laughs> oh yeah, I wrote a bit. I wrote a bit in my notes. You ready for it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I love the setup. First of all, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it was, it's written better, but it's not talking as good as it is writing. <laughs> so, <laughs> are they the Beatles of metal? No, they are not. But they might be the Billy Joel or something. Great. That's a good bit. Great. <laughs> and I have a, a Meshuggah fun fact here. Okay. Um, I think Meshuggah is smarter than even Meshuggah realizes, or at least they might they might be. I don't know. Um, if you search for like Meshuggah analysis or something along those lines on YouTube, you're going to get a whole bunch of music nerds saying stuff like this. Quote, this is from their wiki article. Okay. <laughs> Clearly written by a music nerd. Quote, 
On Rational Gaze, from nothing, Hake plays simple 4-4 time, hitting the snare on each third beat for 16 bars. At the same time, the guitars and bass are playing the same quarter notes, albeit in different time signatures, eventually both sides meeting up again on the 64th beat. Cool, man. Yeah. But <laughs> when Meshuggah talks about their songwriting process, this is from Hagstrom, their, their uh, rhythm guitar player. He was talk- talking about polymeters. Can you do it in a Swedish accent? Quote, we've never really been. <laughs> you knew it's just going to be a Swedish <laughs> chef. Yeah, keep going. Meatball, meatball, meatball. Uh, Hagstrom says, quote, we've never really been into the odd time signatures we get accused of using. Everything we do is based around a 4-4 core. It's just like we arrange the parts differently around that center to make it seem like something else is going on. So it's like, yeah, yeah. Thomas Hockey is just a clock. Right. And they just do shit around him uh-huh. until it works out. And then all the Berkeley nerds are like, oh my God. Yeah, they're, they're like, oh, this is in 1648 yeah. rhythm time. Yeah. Polymeters. And Meshuggah's like, whatever you say, dude. I don't know. <laughs> Come here, break your glasses. <laughs> yeah, snap them in half. So that's Meshuggah. Um, if, you're, if you're into, if you're less into their new stuff, I would absolutely recommend go check out their early stuff because this is a band that I think really everybody should at least be familiar with and have an appreciation of because of the impact they've made in the metal scene. And like I said, on our first round, be familiar enough with them to get your free drinks from a bar (laughs) taken away. Yeah. See, if you would have said, I would have just played along. If you'd have been like, dude, contradictions collapse is so good. Homeboy would have been like, yeah, whatever, man. (laughs) He's got to, you know, stand for something or die for nothing. Right. Die, die with your boots on with your boots on baby. Something. Something I, I bet we could have made that sound cooler if we had a like a professional script writer here. Are they the Beatles of metal? <laughs> <Okay>. oh. Oh. <laughs> oh boy! So I have Testament. Uh, I did a bit of a N- new or old. <laughs> Both. Both. Oh. oh, okay. I did a bit of a of a um, summary on these guys because oh, you don't want to go through the whole wiki of who came and went yeah they've been around a while so i'm just gonna give kind of the basic information because i feel like a lot of people are very familiar with testament um they they are maybe one of the biggest names outside of the big four thrash scene yeah um my personal favorite of the non-big four 80s thrash band testament has has one of the strongest and most consistent discographies of any thrash band out there numerous lineup changes record label changes and a lead singer who beat cancer could not slow down this juggernaut as they released their 13th album titans of creation just last year in 2020 with no plans of slowing down chuck billy has recently said they're still writing for a new release hell yeah uh, formed in 1983 as Legacy, a lineup shift that included Chuck Billy re- replacing Steve Souza, who we shat talk last episode, <laughs> yeah, uh, would solidify Testament and lead to their first release of the band or of the, the album Legacy in '87. So they formed in '83 as a band called Legacy. Mm-hmm. They regrouped, they became Testament, and then released the album Legacy in '87. Oh, that's clever. In quick succession, they released the new. Okay, this is this kind of gets wild. So in quick su- succession, they released the New Order in 1988, Practice What You Preach in 1989, 
The latter practice what you preach opened the doors to a more mainstream success, which they would carry with them into 1990s release souls in black. So you had four albums in four years, which is (laughs) that's insane. That's a lot. Throughout the nineties, Testament would release four albums, the ritual low demonic and the gathering all four albums would kind of vary overall in sound ranging from more traditional metal to the full to actual full-blown death metal but with chuck billy on vocals right uh the band would also experience numerous and i have that in all caps lineup changes during this period including the loss of a main contributor to songwriting alex skolnick who we mentioned briefly yeah with tso um, in 2001, Testament released First Strike Still Deadly. This was also the year that Chuck Billy was diagnosed with a rare form of testicular cancer that would affect Billy's heart and lungs as well. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, this, in part, led to 2001's Thrash of the Titans benefit concert, which I'm sure uh, our listeners and you are familiar with, that was also in support of Death's Chuck Schuldiner. Mm-hmm. This concert was insane it, <laughs> yeah. f- it featured heathen flotsam and jetsam sadus forbidden evil death angel exodus and sod and anthrax violence and legacy so that was all the previous members of testament yeah including steve souza yeah and chuck billy playing stuff like old testament songs wow uh talk about a fucking concert right man yeah the the first the first man run at three yeah and then just from there hot um billy's cancer would enter remission in 2003 sadly shuldener would lose his battle with brain cancer um in 2008 so this is their longest hiatus in 2008 testament released the formation of damnation first album in nine years the album also signaled the return of four-fifths of their original lineup, including Alex Skolnick, who had been absent from studio albums since 1992, as I mentioned. Testament would continue with this resurgence, releasing Dark Roots of the Earth in 2012, Brotherhood of the Snake in 2016, and as stated above, Titans of Creation in 2020. These have been, in my opinion, these four albums, some of the best of their career. For sure. They have back to the kind of their thrash roots, thrash songwriting. They've got the main contributors back. Um, and I don't know. It just, the production is there, right? That, that was the main thing missing from their first three albums. Yeah. Kind of that. If you, if you put on a Testament album, that's not remastered, the volume and the mix is so low that, well, that do, if it's on shuffle, if any other non-Testament album comes on after it's going to blow your eardrums. It's, in. it's an eighties thrash metal album. That's how they all sounded. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, Metallica's albums didn't sound that way. Slayer's albums didn't really sound that way. Anthrax yeah, yeah, and and Testament yeah. were the main to me the main ones that were like super mixed super low. Yeah, but like Exodus stuff sounded like that. Like some of it, yeah. I I know that's just how they were sound. But you didn't. They didn't have any money. I'm not trying to like yeah. shit out of anybody. <laughs> they had they didn't have money, but they had super creativity releasing yeah. four albums in four years for sure. Uh, so the biggest part of this, through all the changes and hurdles the band has overcome. One thing has stayed constant and one thing has been underappreciated since the beginning. They've had one member who's been in that band the entire time. Can you name him? It's not Chuck Billy. It's not Chuck Billy. It's not Billy, Alex Billy was on their first album, yeah. but he wasn't with the since 83. Was it 
drummy mcdrum drum i don't know it wasn't and this is this is my point yeah is that he is a founding member of testament he's been with testament through the entire time now chuck billy has been with all their studio albums but uh guitarist eric peterson has been with the band and for me is truly the heart and soul of this band because he's been the only constant the guy from 83 yeah to now that's insane um it's a name that every testament fan should know and appreciate of course, Chuck Billy, have, you know, having the, the classic lineup, Chuck Billy, Eric Peterson, and Alex Skolnick is, is great, but I think Eric Peterson is maybe one of the most underappreciated thrash bands or thrash names of all time. Yeah. Because you and I could name every Slayer member. Yeah. We can name a bunch of Anthrax members, all Metallica members. Yeah. All Megadeth members. Yeah. I follow Rob McGovney on Twitter because he was Metallica's first bassist. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just one of those things. Everybody yeah. knows Chuck Billy. Everybody knows Alex Skolnick. Nobody Everybody knows. should know Eric Peterson. Everybody should know Eric Peterson. So my fun fact yeah. for testament. I want to hear it. I wrote a list, and this doesn't include all of them, mm-hmm. but as I mentioned, there's a, a legitimately a second Wikipedia page <laughs> devoted yeah. to just past and for, or former and present members of testament. Uh-huh. I don't think any other band has that like a separate page. They have like a section, right? Not a whole separate page. page. So I went down to some of the, um, bands. Oh, okay. That members of test Testament have been in. Yeah. When they've been playing. So obviously there's Exodus members of Slayer strapping on lad. I don't know if you know this, but Gene Hoagland played for Testament for a while. Yeah. Did he record an album? with? I can't remember if he actually recorded an album. But he did I know a lot he of played. I know he played live for them. Yeah. Um, death. Death clock. Yeah. Members of Death, Fear Factory, Sadus, Iced Earth, Charred Walls of the Damned, Heathen, Forbidden, White Zombie, Obituary, Anthrax, Machine Head, Grip Inc., Cradle of Filth, Demi Borgir, and Old Man's Child. Holy shit! And that is not. I mean, that's yeah. probably half. Yeah. Obviously, right? Some of those guys, you get Gene Hoglin in there, so that makes up, you know, two or three bands. Yeah. Dave Lombardo played with them, filled in for them for a while, so that sure. makes up a couple. But it's just amazing to see all the talent that that band attracts. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. And it feels like, again, Testament is just one of those bands that everybody in the metal community is like, fuck yeah, Testament. Right. But it still feels underappreciated in just how much impact they've had throughout the metal world, even if they don't get their credit they're like one of those bands that like you know how people always say like oh he's a he's a director's director right this is like a metal band metal band uh, yeah like a metal musician's metal band yeah man they uh they are one of my one of my favorite if not my favorite non-thrash yeah or non-big four they also i don't know if you know this but with thrash bands there's like a big six and it's like it's the big four plus testament exodus sure but there's also like a I think it's like a it's not large eight, but it's like big <laughs> yeah. eight or something. Yeah. And it's like all the not all the, the, the eight biggest besides the big four. Okay. So like and an additional eight. additional eight. <laughs> so you've got the gigantic 12. Yeah, right, right. But I just there's it's the big four, right? Yeah. Just let don't we don't need to keep making up villain groups no no, or no, no superhero no. team up you, names. You got to have the XL 128. You just, <laughs> just everybody's out there. It's testament. Testament is testament. Yeah. Let them be testament. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's testament for you. Uh, 
so I was just doing a little quick research because mm. they Testament's been together for 38 years, mm-hmm. which is pretty insane. At again, Legacy was first yeah, in yeah. 83, yeah, right, but sure. it's Testament. We'll call it 30, 37 years, sure. whatever. And they released, you said 13 albums? 13 albums. Black Sabbath was together for 49 years and released 19 albums. Yeah, man. So that shows you... Well, you got a head start when you release, I think it was five albums in seven years. Yeah. It's a pretty, pretty good head start. But consider the popularity Black Sabbath had over right. Testament. Right. And for them to be putting out albums that consistently for that long is a testament. <laughs> I knew it. Oh, to their stuff. Well, that's the end of the whole podcast. <laughs> we will not have any more episodes after that. Uh, no, that's good. So make sure to listen to our playlist came out yesterday. We'll have featured songs from Meshuggah and from Testament. Um, we need you to vote. You got to vote. You have to do it. Got to vote or nobody wins, especially us. Especially we would lose for sure. <laughs> you can vote on our Instagram or our Twitter. Uh, both of those are at the onslaught pod. You can email in your votes if you don't have social media at the onslaught podcast at gmail.com. Uh, make sure to subscribe to us on whatever you listen to podcasts on. Um, even if you don't listen to podcasts, you just found this by accident. Subscribe. So that way it makes us look better for the ratings. And then we'll get into the featured section, the the you might like section. And tweet at us if you're a goober who uses the phrase gent. Yeah. Let us know if you use gent so Vargas can shit on you on Twitter. Do you gent? Do you gent? Is it a verb? Sure. That's what I'm saying. It's a verb, a noun. It's all of it. Adjectives. All of it. It's a past participle. It might be a future participle. Yep. I, I have gent and I will gent. But I have no more gent to give. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Good. Just like the fucks we have to give about your favorite band. And guess what? Your favorite band sucks.